Hello, 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 and welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. My name is Eric Lefebri. And my name is Jessica Tercero. And this week, we watched Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad. Basically, the... The second one was just a mulligan. They're like, man, we fucked that up. Yeah, we're let's, gonna re we're gonna redo do a it. yeah, retake from redo the top. Redo the all of the origin stories, redo like, you know, all of the character development doesn't yeah. matter. Like, I mean there was no character development in the first one, but it was like really just like we're pretending that first one doesn't exist. Oh, and, and they I make like it that they very clear that that's what's happening too. Yeah, like it is absolutely another origin story to replace the other one. Yeah. I do wanna point out to the listeners, we are on the pulse of culture. This movie just came out. We are literally <laughs> on it. So um, praise us and uh, tell everybody about it because we're so good at what we do. So um, yes. So Suicide Squad. I had I real so this first Suicide Squad. I realized I do this all the time. Apparently now. I thought I'd seen it. I was like, oh, yeah, for sure I've seen it, and it sucked. Um, no, I didn't. I saw the trailer for it. Oh, my God, really? My brain you're... does. My brain's been doing that so frequently where I'm like, yeah, I saw that movie, and then I watch it, and I'm like, that is not the movie I thought it was. And I go and watch the trailer, I'm like, oh, that's what I saw. A three-minute version of the film. I think I saw the entire two-hour film so my brain is real fun <laughs> oh my god we were like literally talking about this yeah. and you're like oh i've seen it before i've seen it before. it's really bad and i was like okay like and like so eric and i watched different because apparently there's different versions there's um of the 2016 one where there's uh, the theatrical release and then there's a not rated version so yeah. eric watched the not rated one because he's he'd already he'd already seen it but yes. he hadn't seen it. But I guess I hadn't. <laughs> but even then, um, truly, I don't know what was like not rated. I think it was just some more extended nonsense, possibly. I should have looked up what the differences are. Did you look up what the differences are? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Because I honestly have no idea what would have been in there that was like, ooh, too bad. Apart from all of the times they talk about abusing women and hating women and hating women. <laughs> Oh my um, god! Yeah, it's 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 a it's a lovely film. Apparently, there is a supposedly a Snyder cut esque version of this movie that the director is like, "Oh yeah, that's this isn't the one that I intended." It's like, shut up! It probably it's has bad. way more Jared Leto because this one had no Jared Leto, which Why? I was very surprised. That was probably because I was expecting him to be literally everywhere based on like how much the oh, advertising yeah. of this movie revolved around him yeah. um which made it even grosser because he was like in it for like five maybe ten minutes probably yeah right and very um, little time and then like to hear all of the the ways that jared leto was abusing his fellow actors and co-workers during the filming of this to be quote-unquote in character i was like really this is how much you're in it and this is all of the abuse you put everybody through for that yeah like not not to even say that like if he was like a bigger role it would have justified because whatever but it's so funny to think that like he's in it for so little time it is not his movie at all even though that's how mm -hmm. they marketed it um for him to then have so much like pompeity and be so like proud and what a joke that man is no pun intended what a joke <laughs> god i hate jared leto leto who cares um uh, not at all but uh that was probably one the only thing that I was delighted about 
with the first yeah. one was just, just how little we see him. How little. And, oh my God, I have, I yeah, I don't want to get too much into it before we actually start talking about that first movie, but um, do you want to just dive in since I feel like we're already on the... Sure. On the on the topic. Yeah, let's do it. In a post-Superman world, intelligence officer Amanda Waller begins assembling a team of incarcerated villains and baddies called Task Force X to help keep the peace. In an exchange for a more lenient sentence, they will have to answer the call when danger strikes. After several years of character introduction and backstory, Enchantress, who is Dr. June's parasitic host, takes hold of her and summons her brother Incubus in an attempt to destroy the city and humankind itself. Send in the Suicide Squad. Composed of Deadshot, Slipknot, Captain Boomerang, Killer Croc, El Diablo, Katana, and Harley Quinn, the crew delivers not only the goods, but some of the most boring choreography, fight sequences, and absolutely vapid narratives imaginable. Harley Quinn escapes to be captured and chorused by the Joker only to return to help save her friends. El Diablo sacrifices himself to feel better about murdering his family. Deadshot learns empathy? And the Suicide Squad saves the day. Woo! <laughs> Um, what a journey. That's kind of all I got. Like, it's such a, okay. It's such a boring fucking movie. And it's so wild to see the two back to back. Just in terms of, like, story and choreography and, like, opinions. I feel like Suicide Squad, this first one, has no opinions at all. Oh, like, it has none. Yeah. It's like it's like the most boring Oh, we're bad and we're good. Like, I okay, sure. And like, I guess the bad, because the thing is, with these characters, what makes a compelling character is tension, inner tension, right? But these bad guys aren't good. Like, there's nothing in them that's good. Like, one of them's a dad, so suddenly he's good. No, he's a shit dad. Like, he's not a good guy. And then El Diablo, it's like, oh, but he like loved his family. No, he didn't. He, he was an abusive. Them. He was an abusive yeah. partner who then murdered them. But like, he wanted to fuck his wife, so he's good. Like, I don't, I, I don't. Like, what is where? Where is the opposite of bad here to like balance them out? Because by the end of it, there's a level of like, oh wow, he really learned his lesson. Learned what lesson? He's a bad guy, and he's doing some stupid thing now. Like, ugh, I'm so. It's just uh, I have a. It, I, like they know. had they had a chance like let's let's talk about his character yeah because i <laughs> feel like he's also going to be a very good segue <laughs> into um most of my notes on this movie are the treatment of women uh oh and, my god this um, movie is how, terrible for that uh and just like women as an idea in this space so um but he's a great example right so they're trying to show him where he's like in control he refuses to like hurt anybody because he realizes I killed my family, I killed my wife and all of this, right? So like to me I was like, okay, you realize that you did this wrong and like you're a pile of shit still. Good, you should feel bad and you should not ever use your powers again ever. Like fuck that, right? So they like had set up this narrative for him and he's supposed to be kind of the moral person in this whole group because he doesn't want to do this, right? And then you get his backstory and it's like even grosser. You're like, oh my God, like he uses his powers because the group eggs him on and forces him to much in, in the same way that um, uh, patriarchy expects men to just exist in this world, right? Uh, yeah. But then, 
but then we get his backstory after i think it's like after that i can't remember but like where you watch him kill his family because his wife says no and literally then, he gets so mad because his wife says no and stands up for herself and her family literally and, he, and he's like oh well i'll just kill you then and this i don't and literally. i get that it's like the suicide squad they're supposed and, to be extra bad but like and well what? and then it's like also it's supposed to be but i loved her so much you know and i'm like what and okay you're talking about loving and respecting her right because that's like a big thing is he loves and respects his wife and she's the only one that you know could even get through to him or whatever right but he's like objectifying her in front of his children he's like smacking her ass he's like talking about all the, and i'm just like okay what is your definition of respect because it's certainly like if that's if we're starting from you smacking her ass and then killing her because she says no and she's the only one that had that could ever say no to you yeah. what is that saying about your character and like again if you wanted to show that this person had learned something you could have you could have made oh, yeah. them literally not do anything you could have killed them in some sort of fun funny way or you could have you could have done or, so much, like, but instead, just oh like, God. oh, I'm going to use my my powers in this one room. And then he's rewarded for it by Harley, who kisses him on the mouth. Oh, like, my God. It's why is that like... I've ugh. spent no time thinking about this, but already a better punch up. The cops show up to the house of the family for some reason. We don't know yet. They have their guns drawn. In an effort to protect his family, he goes flame mode and in also burning the cops, ends up burning the house down. Perfect. Much better. He's he's a father. He's protecting his family. But oh no, his power was so strong. And that's the disconnect. And everything he says later about his family, about his wife, I loved her so much. I respected her so much. Then it all makes sense because it was an accident. And that's where the fucking tension is. Not him being an abusive asshole off the bat. She says no. And he just kills them out of cold blood because he can't handle somebody saying no to him. Like... It's just not only is it bad writing, but I think it's like an intention. I think, and I mean this in the meanest way possible, I think this script is like a self-therapy soothe for some misogynistic asshole who wanted to just get on paper all of the thoughts about abusing women without the consequence of that belief, thought, or action. I mean, the quote, she had a mouth after the guy gets out of the car and hits that uh, guard oh my god like that's like our first introduction to one of the characters like oh that's fun like oh she had a mouth cool gorge there's another time like will smith or um deadshot says harley why don't you stop acting like a drunken stripper um also says um why is it a knife fight every time you open your mouth as if mm-hmm. she's the only inflammatory one and she's the only one instigating anything like it's always her fault because she's a a slut and be a slut like like that's that's why she's the pro like it's just so gross smack and her like, ass and she'll be fine literally 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 it, this this movie is the fucking spencer's gifts of cinema it's so reductive and i just i yeah so those are some of the quotes that i had to you go i i'm excited to hear what you have to say because okay this movie's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna problem. start I'm gonna start on women as a whole, right? Yeah. Like just just all of the women, and then I really want to segue into um, into Harley and that whole awful 
awful, awful oh, thing. Oh, the whole way she was directed and written, like, oh my god. I don't understand why anybody liked her in this role. Honestly, like I cannot understand why anybody liked this version of Harley Quinn. And if I had not seen Birds of Prey before I saw this movie, you would have hated her. Um, I mean, even after watching Birds of Prey, I fucking hated her in this movie. She's terrible. Um, she's it's also she's not even the same character. Not even no, close. not at all. She's mm-hmm. so far removed from what like a the character was when she was created, but also like every iteration apart from this. And this she is like this helpless, infantilized sex object, and yeah, it's so absolutely. annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying. I mean, like so much of this movie and how it views women is based on sexual attraction and interaction, and making sure that you know that even though it's sexy, it's also dangerous, right? Yeah. Because like you have. For some reason, Batman gives uh, Harley mouth to mouth, and then you know, and I was like, "Wait, why?" And then, and then she punches him. That's how she rewards him, right? So it's like, oh, you can't even save her life without her being grateful or without her like reacting this way, right? Um, There's also the moment in the club with Joker where Harley is literally like. She she's like a go-go dancer or whatever at this club for Joker and she's being lusted after by literally fucking everybody in this club and Joker treats her like her property in there which I want to get into that scene uh, later but like that's everybody is like oh she's crazy oh she's crazy oh man you're so lucky what a lucky guy she's crazy and then he gets killed for it it's 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 but a whole it, thing. It's, it's it's like supposed to illustrate in a very, very boring way the chaos of these people's lives, which I understand exemplifying chaos to some degree through this miscommunication and like misguiding shit that you're doing in the scene. Um, it's such a poorly written scene, though, because it doesn't really exemplify that. It's confusing. It doesn't make sense. Jared Leto's a terrible actor in the scene with that dumbass hand tattoo who's oh just like, <laughs> I'm a joker. You're like, oh, my God. And he's like, are you getting off on everybody wanting your girl or are you pissed about it? And like, sure, I like he's unstable, but you're not like that is not being portrayed in the way that you think it is in this it's, moment. Because you and- you. You can like he tries to give her like he forces Harley to dance at this club and then he literally tries to give her to people. And then it's like, if you take her, then I'm going to kill you. If you don't take her, then I'm going to kill you. Like there's this whole weird, gross, like ownership of not only her, but her body and her person and her sex. Like and he just like she comes over and he's just like, cool, you're here. You're with him. Oh, great. Awesome. Here. Here I am. And she's just like taking these orders and then the guy dies, of course, because um, to be sexually attracted to a woman is dangerous. Um, yeah. Then Enchantress, the way that she indoctrinates people is she kisses them on the mouth and then they become monsters, literally. Like, and, and, and coupled with that, I hate this notion that like the ultimate way to kill her is to kill her heart in this way that sort of perpetuates this idea that women are inherently like more emotional and more unstable and more um, unintellectual, I feel like, is the subtext of all of that. Because it's like, oh, well, if you have her heart, she's yours. I'm like, I don't I'm so it's so boring. It is so boring that all women always are reduced to love and sex only. Like that's all they are. And with her with that whole that whole idea is, oh, you have her heart so you control her. Like I 
Stop. Yeah, well, like, I mean, what the? F- like, I'm so bored. I'm so those, bored. Those who control women's hearts control them. Look at Enchantress, like you Literally, were talking about. Yeah, and like she's trying to gain agency in her life. Right. She's trying to because like literally she's being forced in, you know, in a different way than Harley. Right. Um, she's being forced to do all of these acts that she doesn't want to do. And then again, you have Harley, who Joker is like controlling her heart, so to speak. Right. But then there's like this thing of when they actually get their own heart, then they're going to destroy the world. Right. When when they are not in check then their wrath or their instability or their rage is going to literally tear the world apart because yeah. that is that is what women want like and the the images of amanda um stabbing the heart repeatedly i was just like oh my god that is so gross you need to get the fuck out of here like and the way yeah. to defeat women is literally to cut their heart out that is literally yeah. it yeah the same sort of look of defeat on Harley's face after she thinks Joker is dead, right? And then she has nothing and nothing to live for. And, and it's then also women are powerless without the company of men. Is yes. is the is also yes. all of this. Like even if Enchantress, Enchantress needs and her, her brother. Needs her brother. And without mm-hmm. that, she's Amanda helpless. Needs, no. Amanda needs flag. Katana yeah. needs her sword husband. You yes. know what I mean? Like literally, women Harley can't do Joker. anything. None of the women in this movie have any agency, and none of them can exist without a man present. Yes, and they also <laughs> like they're they're all used and they're all abused. Like even Flame Boy's wife, right? Going back to her, like literally every single one of them has no agency in their story. They are only doing what these men in their lives are telling them to do. Maybe the only the only person that like has more agency because they're kind of running the show is Amanda, but she still needs men and needs like this squad to protect her. But yeah, like women should be feared. Even even like the daughter, even um Deadshot's daughter, right? She he's afraid of her rejection. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. So like we're we're literally afraid of women and literally even afraid of young women because we have to throw that in there too. Like when she steps in front of Batman. Oh my God. I was like, God. are you fucking kidding me? It's, it's like, it's laughably bad, but in a way that is just so like, it's trying to prove a point. Like, I don't even want to give benefit of the doubt in any capacity to say like, Oh, well this is suicide squad. They're all villains. That's why they're all bad. I mean, no, because even still, to make a compelling narrative, you need to have some goodness. And you didn't exemplify that in any of your characters. None of them were worth following or watching. The only one who was kind of worth following or watching was Harley. But even then, she wasn't even a person. She wasn't mm-hmm. even a character. She was not realized. She, she was, was the autonomous. bartender. She was the bartender. <laughs> yeah. she and, and in that scene, she's the one helping every man fix their own fucking problems. Mm-hmm. She's well, the one doing all the labor. She's the one doing all the work. While they're putting her down. While they're constantly putting her, her down. Like, you know, the great line. Why is it every time you open your mouth, it's a knife fight? You know, yeah. you're yeah. amazing outside or outside you're amazing, but inside you're ugly. Like, literally, she is there to service him with like, you know, emotionally. And he's still just fucking tearing her down. Yeah. For what? And that to and that to me is why this movie just really feels like this misogynistic therapy session for whoever wrote this. Like, 
every woman in it, you need to make sure that you tear like because because I'm assuming sis here. You know what? Fuck it. I'm looking it up. I'm gonna call by name. <laughs> call out. So I found out who it is. God, I bet you he's a Blue Lives Matter asshole too. He almost exclusively does cop and war films, mm. um, which makes sense. Absolutely. What a fucking bad writer! My God. Um, I mean, no offense, and I don't. I really, honest, all actually, all offense. I also don't care if like this is an <laughs> issue or a problem because fuck this guy. But David Ayer is, I guess, is his name. Um, it seems like he really just wrote a script that like every because because. He's like this cis white guy, straight, assumedly. Um, that's an assumption, so I don't I don't know, but I mean, come on. Um, every man in this movie is through his lens because he can identify with them. And so it does seem like he's acting out all of these sort of revenge, misogynistic, violent performance pieces with all of these male characters and all of these different through all these different lenses. Fuck him. Like what a fucking bad what a bad story and bad character choice like it's because to me i mean fuck everybody because like it wasn't just i mean he started it right with his but, script yes and then you have the cinematographer how many ass shots did we need yeah how many times did i need to see harley quinn's ass in the back of a shot like where you literally have like you have chosen this angle and you have to make sure that Harley Quinn's in the back just so you see her ass. Fuck the person that did the costumes. Fuck the person that, like, from top to bottom, these were people that did not, that that were just playing into the male gaze for as both what they see women as and what they should be and how they see themselves. Yeah. It's so <laughs> bad, Jez. It Jez is. is so bad. Uh, it makes me of- so mad, like, because I watched it and I took notes and like sure and it was like bad and I was like fine with it but, but the more we talk about it and like like literally saying some of these words out loud I'm like what why did why did why did you do that why'd you do this like I would are you not are you not embarrassed of this thing like are you yeah, not, embarrassed, are you of not this, embarrassed are you not embarrassed of this script of the words that you wrote for these characters like man the most unnuanced problematic figures and what's even worse is what? I think that whoever wrote this or whatever the fuck his name is, um, he wrote Harley Quinn specifically to be, in my mind, watching her character and what she does and everything. She was supposed to be empowered, right? Like, he's like, oh, this is what an empowered woman looks like. And this is yeah. how she is and how she should act, you know? And also yeah. she needs to know her place, right? So kind of that's why, like, all of those lines kept like kind of putting her down but she's like whatever i can take it but and then we see her be broken down anyways the song intro when we see her talks about like don't tell me what to do and like it's this whole thing it's supposed to be rebellious and the only thing she does is what she's told in this movie she's there to serve men and to serve joker how the fuck did she get a phone also um, yeah, I'm, I mean, apart from some of the obvious plot holes and just bad story in general, just looking from a character standpoint, for sure. Like, so, like, we we have her saying, like, that, that song intro that's like, don't tell me what to do. And literally the first thing that we see her do is just try to seduce cops. And it's... The, which makes sense for this writer because he's, like, exactly. all cop movies 
military guy, like big pro America dude. So like, yeah, she's like licking the licking the bars and flirting and saying, "I sleep where I want and with who I want." And then she's like, uh, "We see her like a flashback of her getting in the." Uh, which didn't need to be there at all, but her getting admitted, and she's fucking topless, surrounded by cops, crying. Did you see that? Yeah, it's it sucks. It sucks and it's sad. Like and, I, <laughs> and then even like her prison outfit is like really like over the top. And then we we have to like really we have to watch her get dressed like out of every. We have to watch. We just need to see Margot Robbie in like her underwear for like a good smooth like 10 seconds right like we we need this and then she's just gonna be like oh my god what what are you looking at because women should want to be looked at you know yeah um, it's a privilege to be want to be objectified it is a privilege her whole apparently. ass is out this entire movie and she is sucking on a lollipop and trying to kiss everybody and trying to lick licks her fucking bat on her gun or whatever because like uh, that's so hot oh my god like <sighs> I have so many problems with her because she also didn't even have like any lines, basically any lines that she had were like all of her lines for the most part were responding to men telling her to do things like go do this. Stop doing that. You need to do this. Stop this. You're a slut. Wow. You have a mouth. Stop this. Do this. Or making sure that we know that she's crazy. Right. The like, yeah. Oh, the voice is in my head. Ha 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 ha. It's okay. I'm off my meds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I guess. And then (sighs) one of the things that bothered me the most, and I think it bothered me the most because, again, I saw Birds of Prey, the origin story. Her, quote-unquote, falling in love with Joker, and this one was so romanticized. And, like, even though, like, it absolutely felt gross, it was very over-the-top and very, like, oh, she she wanted this. This is what she wants. And and Birds of Prey, that's, that's not... When she finally gets to tell her own story, that's not at all what that was, right? This is not consensual... It just, like, happened, and she was a victim, 100%. Yeah. But in yeah. this one, she fell for him because he, like, tricked and manipulated her, but, like, was also, like, quote-unquote, the- normative romantic, right? And and the whole the whole version of the scene where, like, the Joker's trying to get away from her, but she's chasing him now, and he's like, oh, God, I can't be bothered to even be around you. Get away from me. And she's like, no. It's like trying to make it seem mm-hmm. like she's the abuser in the situation and paint mm-hmm. her as the bad guy and Joker as the victim. I don't understand. I mean, I do understand this guy sucks, the guy who wrote this, but like what the f- it's just so And like they uh. try to frame it as like as too like Joker was asking her like they got bad guy married, right? When she was like uh he was like, "Do you want to be with me forever?" and blah blah blah. And she's like, "I do." And like pushes her into the goop and then he goes down in there and then they fuck but um but joker before that he electrocuted her and she said yes i can take this like i it's okay i can take it and then he let her drown and batman save her and then like he literally asks her would you die for me oh wait no no no, that's easy like you know like would you live for me like your existence is mine right and then that whole thing was just framed as her choice and it really wasn't like it still really 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 bothers me like this whole thing was just so fucking gross it's like it's it's honestly hard for me a little bit even in this moment to like kind of apart from everything we've said pick a place to like really dig in because there's really nothing to hold on to of substance from this movie but even then the things that i'm wanting to pick up are so just like 
and I keep using this word, but unnuanced and problematic and just like, there's, yeah. no, there, I, I know exactly what this is because it's the most boring choice. It's the most boring opinion and most boring perspective in every aspect. It's a misogynistic aspect. It's, it's, it's like, what is this movie? <laughs> Jess, what is this movie? I know. Like most of the stuff I have written down is just like things that people said because there's just so many things that people said that were gross and, and problematic. Like, but like you said, there's nothing to really hold on to. It's, it's just like, okay, okay, at, like. At Joker, least, cool. you, at you... least, I mean, we could say performance-wise, maybe that Viola Davis was pretty good performance-wise. I think she's a fantastic actor. Amazing. Her character sucks. Fuck her. But, like, the acting was great. Although everybody else, for the most part, was also not acting well because they're poorly directed. I think Viola Davis was a standout because despite poor direction, she still made it work, which, applause. But... That's kind of the only positive thing. Like, I'm even looking at more of my notes here. Um, one of the lines was when they're getting ready to go into the city. I think it's Flag is saying something along the lines of what they're going to be doing. And I forget who it is, but they say, for those of us who don't speak, good guy. Um, hold on. <laughs> that is so simple and so boring. And, like, did you start writing literally two minutes ago? Like, I don't want to be, like, a full asshole about this, but, like, that is so boring and so simple and so uninteresting as, like, oh, this is the bad guy movie? What if he said, I don't speak good guy? Like, (laughs) wouldn't that be so sick? Like, it's not sick. It's simple. It's first thought. It's first note. It's literally first draft. It's half draft. It's not even the first draft. It's so... At its core, so incredibly uninteresting. And it's my god, my god, because they're like trying to like that line specifically. They're trying to say that the police are good guys. Yes, and and that's the other. That's the perspective too. I'm like, and literally in this movie, they are not seen like they do. They do not do any sort of thing to get them good guy like it's like uh the guy that like oh if i die um clear my browser history and um they're like injecting prisoners with shit without their consent and they're just literally being the worst people which we know they are right but they are literally being the worst and still like this film tries to hold them up as the good guys because haha it's so funny to abuse prisoners yes it's and it's and the whole the whole like trying to paint them as good is because he's being funny or attempting to to be funny so he's humorous so we can like him because he's funny meanwhile he's doing the same bad things that these bad people in this prison were doing to others but because he's a cop it's okay because he's doing the bad thing to bad people no he's still a fucking bad and person there was no consent he's a bad in guy this. there no. was no consent for the prisoners it's like you do this or you die or you don't do this and you die like either way like so so this is just more and non-consensual also- of labor and like so for me i was like it makes so much sense that the suicide that these bad guys, quote unquote, would work with the police because they're all the same. <laughs> they're they're same. all the same. They're literally yeah. all the same. Just one's and, allowed to do it. And at its base, at its core, this movie is so wrapped up in the binary of unnuanced good versus unnuanced bad, and that's it. You're either good or you're bad, and there's no in between. The cops are good, obviously, because they protect the people, and the bad guys are bad because they do crime. Um, that binary is so 
violent and destructive and problematic and it's only somebody who is so pro-cop and so pro-military and so blue lives matter would write this fucking script like what a bad person and, and also we- not a sm- like i don't want to be like like oh intelligent but like it's just so it is so so simple it's so simple it's literally the easiest perspective to have because it's the thing that you're told to do like there was no thought not a single thought in that that big old non-brain like my god yeah no there wasn't i'm so mad jazz i'm so mad it was so bad like and then the like (laughs) like, there's also (laughs) this was like this was deadshot's movie and deadshot is very boring like he's like a daddy that wants to give his daughter a good life and yeah. then he it turns out the cops have also been uh taking away all of his letters too so his daughter's been writing him every day and he has not gotten a single letter so it's like oh my god i hate you cops but i'm still gonna work with you you fucked up and i just like <laughs> he's supposed to be the good guy Good guy, but he's supposed to be the person we're rooting for, but I don't even know why I'm rooting for him because a, o- because he has oh a daughter. Oh, wait. So women, again, are weakness and are like... it. Like- literally. Literally. That's the only reason we're rooting for him is because he has a kid. He's a bad dad. A. B. A bad guy. C. She is only there because she is the big air quotes, and I'm using this very specifically for this universe. She is his kryptonite. She is holding him back. She is the problem for him to excel at being a criminal she is the problem in his life mm-hmm. that's how it's framed it's not i wish i was i wish i would stop doing this or like i wish i could be there for my kid he doesn't give a shit about his kid oh and, and he does not give a shit about is, yeah. he's just trying to hurt his ex yes, the whole time exactly. because yep. he's like i don't want the mom to be there i want full custody i don't want the mom to be there she can have visiting like visitations but her boyfriend fucking can't come like yeah. it seems like he's he doesn't really care about her he just wants to get back at the mom and i'm like okay yeah bye. and it, and the fact that that is the way that this this movie is written is just it it plays literally to the the complete disregard for feminists, for women, for anything that isn't cis male and violent in this movie. Which, yeah. again, is the most boring. I cannot stress this enough. It is the most fucking boring take. And so much of this it's... is supposed to be for laughs, too. Like, it's supposed to be like, oh, I put the bad guys away in a hole and I threw away the hole. Okay, that's supposed oh, that's to be funny. S- such like, a good joke. <laughs> like, it's all supposed to be funny, and it just doesn't laugh. This felt more like a cop war movie than a comic book movie. This did that's, not feel that's like, literally all this guy does too. There were this, way too this, many characters. Oh my god! Literally, half of the movie was like the first forty minutes was Viola Davis being like, "And this character, boom." 15 minute backstory. Also, and what about this? And I'm like, David Harbour's there. I'm like, oh my god! Like, give me more. Also, of the, I just stop. What was the Enchantress trying to build? Oh, what, I don't even what, know. What, what was that? And why Why did she want to... I, like, I I just had no idea. She was just doing this weird dance. And, I, and then I just didn't understand anything about her character. And then I was like... The other thing that was like, like really pissed me off about Enchantress was when she said, like, I know what you want. And it's... Uh, I, I mean, aside from like this, uh, like 
the enchantress is a woman of color that inhabited the body of a white woman and was demonized for that and wanting to cause destruction in this like this this whole thing and like regardless like it was it was just really bad it was it was bad and it was gross and it was really really bad and gross and like played into like that cultural mysticism thing that like is really awful oh yeah Um, but when she says i know what you want dead shot his deepest desire is not to have his daughter it's to have batman dead harley her deepest desire is is to live a a normal life and be a stay-at-home mommy with joker and then she is fucked up after she gets that vision because she said oh my god he married me i want that like fucking her her dream her dream is written by this man is to be a housewife cool and more so than- so fucking sick i love that obsessed with that sign that check and bank it boom i can't just it's no, so I can't. it's Mm-mm. so bad it's so toxic it is unbelievably unwatchable unbelievably unwatchable the next one literally took this same framework the same concept the same idea of you know, how they're going to assemble a suicide squad, what their kind of assignments are going to be, the whole, like, military aspect to this. Like, all of these points, all of these characters, all of these plot devices, all of these, like, story beats, even, like, the main person in the next one is Bloodsport, who is also an assassin that is very good at, at killing people and shooting people, yeah. right? Like who's who's also story arc leans heavily a young, on a father daughter situation. Yes. Yeah. 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 So like literally took all of these elements that were here and then they were like, let's do this better. And they did. Yeah. It they... literally is a mulligan and it is so um when we talk about being thoughtful, this this is kind of why I wanted to do both of these movies. Yeah. Like, because I I was nobody would tell you if it was like a remake or a, a or a continuation or whatever. They're like, oh, whatever. They're like playing into like maybe I don't know. Go see it. And it really is a remake of a movie that never should have happened. Yeah, and it's also a remake of a movie that came out four years ago (laughs) or five years ago or whatever, which is so fucking fun and funny. And it's not an international remake either. It is just fuck that movie. We're going to do it again. And Mm. yeah, with (laughs) with a lot of the same actors too. Yes. So when we talk about when you write a, a script or when you do something, you make choices. Yeah. This is a textbook example of here is what somebody could do in this first one. And here is how it could be done in a more thoughtful and interesting way. Yeah, truly. Oh, my God. I'm excited to talk about this next one. Fuck this movie. Not so in a good way. No, I'm so I can't. I literally can't believe this movie exists. In an attempt to save America from an impending war, Amanda Waller creates Task Force X to carry out a suicide mission in Corte Maltese. The team is killed, with the exception of Flag, who is saved by local anti-imperialist uprising, and Harley Quinn, who is captured by local government officials and tortured. What's this? The first team was just a diversion tactic, and the real Task Force X enters the picture on another beach? Of course. The team is made up of Bloodsport, Peacemaker, King Shark, Polka Dot Man, and Cleo Ratcatcher 2. 
After rescuing Flag, the team sets off to rescue Harley, who, at this point, has discovered the secret Operation Starfish, a huge space starfish that intends to control humankind. As the team is about to save Harley, Harley escapes, and together they craft a plan to enter the Jotunheim house of the starfish monster to take it out and save America. What's this? It was actually American astronauts who discovered the horrible space monster and is trying to frame everyone else for their terrible mistake as a way to uphold the false sense of superiority and immoral justice. And Peacemaker's real mission, as dictated by Amanda Waller, is to cover up American involvement in the possible extinction of humankind. (laughs) Yeah. Peacemaker kills Flag. Something about patriotic irony goes here is then crushed by the crumbling building as the starfish escapes. The local government is now controlled by the starfish, and it's time to shine. The Suicide Squad saves the day, and America is bad. Hooray! Hooray. <laughs> um, what a better movie. This movie you... is a full-ass mulligan. We're pretending yeah. the, nev- the first one never existed because um, literally every single element in this film is just so much better. I'm going to point out the music first and foremost because the music choices in the first one were all just top 40s bullshit. Like it, none of it went together. It was very jarring and it took you out and it was just, it was very, very, very bad. This one, this soundtrack is so good and so appropriate. And even the music choices that they went, because like not even just genre, right? But like the choices of songs, like as... As a woman who grew up on old school punk rock, hearing some of these songs in this movie, in this, in the way that they exist here, fucking incredible. The uh, the song, uh, those are people who died, yeah. died, right? Yeah. Like, I love that song. And then to see that here, I was like, oh, this is perfect. As we're watching literally the entire first Suicide Squad die, right? And then like at the very end... Oh, it's the song that talks about like everything is shit, basically. Okay, so I like, do want to I do want to point out. Okay, and it, this makes me so sad because they were literally my favorite band. That is a really good song by the band Culture Abuse. Yes. Yes, and I hate that I can't listen to them anymore. Oh no! What do, did you, I do? Miss? Do you know about? Yeah, so no. Culture Abuse Culture Abuse disbanded last year because the lead singer came out as an abuser. Um, he used oh, his fuck. disability to coerce underage women into wanting to sleep with him. Um, yeah, <gasps> I know it sucks. I'm sorry, be- I almost spit my whole yeah. fucking water on this microphone. It's, it really sucks because I would have been the happiest and most hyped as soon as that guitar comes in at the end from "So Busted" by Culture Abuse. Mm-hmm, mm, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. I literally. I could not believe that that was the song that because it's a great, it's a fantastic song. It's Knowing so good. Now. And it's so, and it broke my heart because <laughs> it's so it's perfect place. It's a great song again, but my god, yeah. And to be fair, I honestly loved how they handled it because the rest of the band, like within a day, I think of it coming out, they're like, "Hey, for sure." So we're not a band anymore. Fuck him there's nothing to say apart from we've disbanded this page is going to be used for resources if you have any questions you can reach out to us individually um fuck him we're out thanks for the run is how they handled it and i'm like that's great yes exactly and it just it it literally jazz 
it breaks my heart because you were so that is such a good song you're so fucking right it's but such a good song and it's so, so perfectly good placed. and it's perfectly placed and and it like <sighs> okay that that specific um when people think of punk rock they don't necessarily think of that right they'll think of like no effects or like for yes. some reason better but like yeah really punk rock and like i'm gonna get on my fucking soapbox here uh, <laughs> to me it's that attitude not the like fuck everything i want to fuck you and fuck and fuck and fuck and fuck that's not what it is and that's what it's it truly ha- was never supposed to <sighs> be right and so the the fact that the the people that did this the soundtrack know that and know the deep cuts and know the know what is good like punk Dude, rock it's, for it's this really, because yeah, because a... <laughs> because it like just like the true essence of punk like is just so well embodied in this movie and like so so just like literally the perfect music choices for this movie and and for what this is and like you don't really take anything seriously because you can't because there's nothing that you can do you know whatever like you know (laughs) it's i wish i could spend an hour talking about how much i used to like that like i'm not kidding when i say that they were my favorite band they're like (sighs) but yes um this introduction to the suicide squad i really do love it's such a good like you get pete davidson which i was just like what and then it's kind of like it's like two of the characters from or three of the characters from the original show up and you're like oh yeah they're redoing it and literally before the credits roll that's it's they're all dying they all die with the exception (laughs) of flag and harley and that's it and then it's like pan across or like okay that team's dead cool go to team number two and you're like what also, the even... intros were really quick and concise, but like were so much more meaningful and impactful. I knew who the character was. I knew what they did. I knew what this character was about. Within like thirty seconds, I got all yeah. of that information. Whereas the other one took like ten minutes. Ten, ten and I years. Knew nothing. Ten years yeah. and thirty-seven minutes of them saying how much they hate women to exemplify badness. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, no words. Like, what is that first character's name? I forget. Like, With the long I... white hair. Yeah, old man. So when he kills the bird in the cell with the ball, yes, perfect. Show us why he's bad. Gorgeous little bird. He couldn't give less of a shit. Dead. That is literally all you have to do. Like it's so. And then smart the bird comes back and is like, "I got you." Literally, he Incredible. dies, and the bird's Bull. eating his fucking neck. You're like, "This is fun and funny and interesting and a great way to exam to exemplify a badness, but also." It's silly and fun, like these movies and stories kind of should be. Like that's hilarious. The the comeuppance without literally any words in this character who really doesn't exist in the story. That doesn't George. matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Which is our introduction. Our introduction to this world is: hey, nothing really matters here. This person you just met doesn't matter. Here's this right. Yeah. Like and. I love that it plays in that because, like, then yeah. it allows itself to be more cartoony and more fun, which is really what, does. I mean, it's a comic book film. It should be, right? You know, sure, it could be. But, like, Suicide Squad in general does need to be very silly, right? Which the first yeah. one was not at all. But this one, like, the violence was even more, like, oh, cartoony my. and more silly. And it was, like, actually really funny. Like, there's the... <laughs> Uh, John Cena, perfect in this movie. Yes. Um, 
fucking perfect. When they're like being debriefed on Project Starfish, he just says, Starfish is a butthole. Any connection? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, and it's so because he is like the dumb American, like, here, like, villain, right? Like, peacekeeper or peacemaker. He is like, I'm gonna keep the peace. Like, he's just, he's big dumb jock and he plays big dumb jock so well, you know? Yes. And oh. then there's like where somebody's like your your name is stupid your bad guy name is stupid because like it's just letters and he's well your name is just letters too everybody's name is just letters and it's like <laughs> okay cool and then like there's the recognition of um of the side <laughs> characters and the acknowledgement of like yeah you didn't notice the driver was with us the whole time like he he was he was here I kind of had a crush on him and I was like yeah we're we're talking about like these side characters that don't matter in this way that is just really thoughtful and really fun and really funny. And I love that. In a way that like, similarly, I feel like James Gunn is very good at doing, which was incredibly exemplary in the smash hit guardians of the galaxy, right? It's very similar in tone in the way that it's, it is portraying the silliness of the characters. It's well-written, fun, interesting, compelling characters, but it has a lot of heart. And that's the intent here is these characters, even if they're bad or silly, they all have a lot of heart. And like, I think Peacemaker generally means well. I think he's been coerced by a corrupt government and is bad because he doesn't question where he is and is kind of just not smart, (laughs) which is a, (laughs) which I mean, leads him down bad paths. That's his whole deal. But like, these characters were just better. And like even um, Bloodsport, the dynamic between him and his daughter, I'm so much more interested in that because he is very much like, I literally don't give a shit. Like he's not pretending to be a good dad. He is like, I don't care. But Mm -hmm. then at the same time, she's like, hey, I saw this thing. He's like, you got caught and that's the problem. You Like he's he's as much as- yeah. I'm sorry. You stole a TV watch. That was like that. so funny. You could funny. have stole anything, and you stole a TV watch. Wh- I am embarrassed. To, I am embarrassed. To, like. The line. The line when he's like, "You got caught for a fucking TV watch," and she yells back, "It does other stuff too." <laughs> so funny. It's just so fun, and like. That to me, because like he obviously cares, but he's pretending not to care because he's mm-hmm. too cool to care. You have this tension. You have, you have subtext. The other movie had zero subtext. Mm-mm. There's nothing there. These characters are realized, and it's directed well and performed well. And it you off the bat. So, uh. I love that. Yeah, and you're so right that like this movie has a lot of heart, and all of the characters also like have heart, even though they're bad guys, and it doesn't feel gross and it doesn't feel forced like the other one did. And I love that like this movie had a lot to say about police, or like you know about the military, about, about, about American imperialization, yeah, and and all of that. And I also love that like we're having these big conversations about all of that, right? Again, very, very punk rock to be like, yeah, but whatever, what can I do? Anyways, um, but like we're also having this um, this talk about perception on both a personal level and on like a global scale, right? So like America is bad because we are the ones that are conducting these like awful inhumane experiments in these countries that we destabilize and that we literally just could not give a shit about, but it's not on our soil, so it's fine. Um, yeah. 
talking about the perception of that and how we how we try to control that perception or the world perception of us and then when you're talking about it on like an individual level where it's like the whole like one person's trash is another person's treasure right like that whole thing where you see um rat catcher you get a lot of that through rat catcher right where she's like why do you hate rats like why do you hate any like they they took care of me this is this is what this is like and so like even though it's a traumatic thing for blood sport like for her it is what saved her life so seeing those levels of perception and then just like harley quinn her whole narrative too i mean just this whole thing is a conversation about how everything and everyone is perceived and how that is different to literally everybody in the whole world it was great well just that that conversation about perception of american excellence i thought was a really great sub story or kind of a turn because it kind of is like the third act turn where like you realize like oh no they were american astronauts and that's why they're here because it's america's fault and they pushed it on these other people to deal with and that's why these people are so anti-american because america is the issue not any of these people and when the group is like oh fuck amanda and fuck america and fuck this whole thing the only person who's like actually my job is to keep the peace is peacemaker (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) i'm i'm actually still pro-american because it's actually my job and the whole deal is we did that on purpose she probably had a good reason because america first and i'm probably gonna kill you if you try to break the story which is is literally such a fun not not fun obviously but like it is a well yeah in the context of the story it's a great way to um to have that kind of conversation that that um uh, that critique about soldiers or, you know, um, just anybody that just follows orders blindly and is like, oh, yes. well, they have a reason. There is a reason here. Yes. And it's like, no, no, no. Open your eyes. You are literally going to kill a young girl right now because somebody said that they need you to. What is yeah. the reason behind this? I don't know. But but there is one. No, there's not. Like, yeah. so so showing that and showing how destructive that can be. And I like, and I, I'm, I'm assuming this was intentional, and I wrote it in the intro, but the fact that Peacekeeper, Peacemaker, Peacemaker. His name is Peacemaker, and he's the one to, I love keep, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he's also the one who kills Flag, which I think is funny because <gasps> Ooh, he's he's yeah. literally like the golden boy American hero to, to uphold American exceptionalism. Uh, and he's literally killing a character named Flag because Flag was going to reveal that America was actually not so great. So he killed. I don't know. I thought that that was interesting. Oh, no. <laughs> I like that. That's you know, absolutely a commentary. Absolutely. Right? 100%. Right. And the way, it's, the way it's done, too. Because also, even in that moment, somebody else, arguably a whole group of people, it's Ratcatcher who's watching this death happen. And she has the hard drive and it's her and her like rats and they're like witnessing this murder of Peacemaker killing the flag. And you're like, that's interesting. But um, I just it's that whole narrative was fantastic. And then let's talk about Harley Quinn as a character and how she's presented in this one and how she carries herself in this one, how she's written, how she's performed um, years, literal years ahead and far and above so so much better than the last one because in this one it's so clear how much agency she she has she's not a one note um she is like i don't just i take this moment specifically where she's like in love with this president and they're like having this big romantic thing and she's talking and she's like 
there is like a personification or this exemplified character trait of her being like, yeah, whatever. Like I'm in love. It's kind of haphazard. It's kind of wacky, zany, whatever. But in that moment, she just point blank kills him at the end of it all. And she's like, yeah, this was fun, but you're still bad. (laughs) Like you're still a monster. You still hurt your people. You're still a problem. Yeah, no, I I absolutely, I I wrote down everything she said in that moment. Because they're having this like, uh, this very like you said, very zany, very cute. Like I'm like, oh, I soundtrack love this by for the Fratellis. Yeah, <laughs> fucking love this for her, right? They're like, we love how much you hate America. Marry me, and she's like, yeah, okay, let's fuck all over this mansion and destroy all of these things. Cool, like even like love that, right? And she, the second that he talks about, he says something, and then it's going to hurt children, right? And she immediately stops not not questioning herself not doing anything like you said fucking um looks at him says i promised myself uh if i got a boyfriend and i saw any red flags and killing kids is a big one that i was done like you know she's like i'm done takes out the gun fucking boom and she's like you were pretty and had a nice dick but um i'm done and like acknowledging that this was fun for her and that this is like you know and that she enjoyed this but also, like, she's not going to just um, let that happen. Literally, and- that that monologue had more character nuance and depth than any, like, I can't even... Because it literally, it's not just I'm being presented as a dumb sex object. She's like, no, I like sex, and it's fun, and I had a great time. But also, you're a monster, and I have ethics, and I, I have self-respect, I have standards, and I'm upholding those standards because not only do I have agency, but I'm my own person. And who are you? A bad person. Gorgeous. Did we have yeah. a good time? Yes. Do I stand by what I said? Yes. And that's it. That's the end of the story. And it's not a conversation. I'm telling you where I stand as an individual person. So mm-hmm. bye. Goodbye. I'm done. And it's not framed as, oh, she's crazy. Oh, she doesn't know what she's doing. She is in full control in that moment. And she knows. And and in every moment, she's in full control. She knows what's happening. And she doesn't have to be saved by anybody. She saves no. herself with a dress as a weapon, with two machine guns, combat boots, and flowers. And it is the cutest thing. And then when she, like, gets so, like, when she sees um, everybody, like, coming in to save her, she's like, oh, you were going to save me? I, I could go back in. You could do it. It's her, fine. It's fine. It's, Don't worry. And that is so... <laughs> lovely and sweet and wonderful and everything that is good about this character is her heart literally she is so compassionate and so sweet and so like lovely but she doesn't take shit and that's it that's the whole deal and she's also just like has no filter and i love that the very first thing that we hear her say is something about poop <laughs> yeah she's Fucking like oh right so- sorry i'm like i had to take a number two <laughs> like she just walks into the plane and like okay <laughs> and i love that because i think like by her uh, like talking about something gross like that right off the bat they are setting the tone for every man that is watching this that watched the first suicide squad yeah. because they did not watch birds of prey but watching and saying like hey this is a different harley quinn she's not here for you in the way that <sighs> you think she's going to be literally you know i want the metaphor that you just brought up of using the dress as a weapon using beauty as a weapon using fashion like using feminist to some degree or perceived feminist based on like our expectation of what femme is as a literal weapon against misogynistic uh trash iconic so incredible fucking cool 
But again, uh, talking about perception, right? And how she perceives herself and the world around her is just really, even though it's like anybody else would probably think it's like ugly and gross or whatever, to her, it is the most beautiful and lovely existence that she could have. And you know? what's incredible is that as a story, we as the audience are shown that beauty. In these moments of disgust, in these moments of decrepancy, of, 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 of violence, of badness, these moments of like pure terror we're being shown the same way that she is seeing we mm-hmm. she is the surrogate for us in these moments and it makes you it's it is an intentional empathizing with her and showing that like she it's just what a tone setter and what a good choice what a, not only like from a writing perspective from a directing perspective what a good choice you know it just 100%. gives so it gives so much depth to what this movie could mean, not only visually, but like subtextually. It's so, it's, it's, it's so much better. It's so much better. Oh my God. So much better. Um, I loved Polka Dot Man's uh, mommy issues. They were very funny. I thought that was very him funny. As, him as a character was just so fun. Also, um, just he's so flamboyant. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. The whole, the whole idea, like the whole idea of this character, because too, it's like, I like the backstories of a lot of these characters because it is a non-consensual um, damning of their character. Like, he was a child. His mom experimented on him and turned him into this person with these powers. And he hates it. He hates that he has this. He hates that she did this to him because of her ego and because of her abuse. And so now he's bad because of it. And so, like similarly, a lot of these characters, it's just they were a victim of circumstance or a victim of abuse. And that's why they're perceived as bad because they're like, mm-hmm. fuck the system. Fuck these people. I don't care. I don't have allegiances. I don't have. And it's not like they, they're ethicless. Like in the other one, they're ethicless. But in this one, it's very clear where they lie ethically. But they're just not going to consume what they're told to in that way and that's the perception of badness in this but that's what makes this movie so good is that it's not necessarily bad they're just complicated are they murdering sure yeah is there a lot of death absolutely but those individually nuanced perspectives within these characters is what makes this movie so compelling and also Mm -hmm. polka dot man's power as a whole so fucking cool to look at just oh and then oh my god okay the whole sequence when they're trying to save Flag and they don't know that it's like the anti-imperialist uprising camp and Bloodsport and Peacemaker are like trying to one-up each other. Oh my God. Yeah. So silly and fun. And I know it's like in the name of like killing innocent people, but in a movie that is so based in gratuitous violence and death, uh, him shooting the leg of the fan into the bathtub hilarious that guy full dick <laughs> out full dick out oh my god eating, eating a we snack we saw a dick in this movie and yes, we, we did not see tits or a vag Excuse can you believe me. that yes i cannot and a movie with harley quinn turning like, the table incredible. and not even just that john cena in briefs oh my god let me tell you i'm screaming <laughs> screaming so before i saw this movie Several of my gay friends online had posted screenshots of the still of him waking up 
in the woods in his tidy whities and I could not believe it. The fact that this movie, on two separate occasions, when they pan to or cut to John Cena, they do not cut to his face. They cut to his crotch and then tilt up or pedestal up. They start on the on the full visible dick line and then they move to his face as an intentional way to comment on the objectification of people in the way that people in every fucking thing in this sort of heteronormative perspective, women are sex objects. Women are always the objectified person love the subversion of this. Like so intentionally like, no, he's hot. We're looking at how hot he is. Look at this. Like in the same way, <laughs> because it's so gratuitous and it's so intentional. Like in the last one, when she's like flipping in her Harley Quinn is like flipping in her cage and she like bends down. And it's like so clear and so like, oh, my God, like she's too always much. presenting her ass in that movie. Always, always, always. always. And yeah. this one, it does feel like a very clear. Oh, we're just going to do that. But for for dicks, like that's yeah, all no, we're going to be doing. Incredible. And I am obsessed because this movie isn't necessarily queer by any means, Mm-mm. but the fact that that was the choice to like, oh, well, let's just objectify the men in this one. Why not? I mean, as lovely. a response to the other one, right? As, like, it as feels literally, like literally every, it that's feels like why they, they did took it. that script and they were like, cool, this was bad. They took notes on what was bad and why everything was bad. And then they just subverted those stereotypes that just, the other one led in, like leaned into, right? Yeah. In these really fun and interesting and comical ways. It's just, it's so, it's so interesting and fun. I like, I can, I think that is the funniest and funnest thing. <laughs> I mean, also, it's just like John Cena is exceptionally hot. Idris Elba, exceptionally hot. I don't know who that guy is who died, but also hot. Like, on board. <laughs> I'm into it. But just as as a subversion tactic, not as a way to be gratuitous, but as a way to comment on gratuitous perspective. Oh my god. So good. So good. Also, um I love King Shark. Yes. Love I yeah. so smart. I enjoy book and the okay. book is upset. Yeah. Fucking incredible this is going to be a bit of a derailment but i know we've talked about it before the harley quinn uh cartoon with ivy yes. king shark is a regular character <gasps> in is that he? yes and he's played by ron funches Do you know ron was... funches uh-uh. a fantastic comedian he's so funny okay. and so sweet um king shark i mean i love king shark in general but king shark in the show so cute and so sweet and so charming and so like ah uh, so good so that that character portrayal definitely painted my opinions like so going into this i was like oh already that character has not said anything it's king shark i love king shark i don't care (laughs) because because of the ron funches performance i am immediately attracted to this character and how fun and cute and like just cool they are like uh so yes king shark in this movie incredible yeah no just, just just so fun and the violence of that sequence when it's like it's raining and you can't really see anything everything's like really really overlit he rips that guy in half my god whoa <laughs> so sick so fuck it's so gross and too much and my uh it's good it's good so good also um i forgot uh flag's last words when peacemaker kills him are peacemaker what a joker and i thought that was Another very intentional, very cool line. Yes. Um, 
especially when you take like what Joker represents and what Peacemaker represents and who identify the people that would identify with uh, Peacemaker who are, are the actually, same people who yeah yes literally yes. yep yes. oh my god it is just such a I, I mean I, I, I feel like I keep saying the same thing it's such a well-intentioned movie um, but it really is and I liked that Amanda was very similar she's obviously the same character she's performing the same role but in this in in like the last one she was so cutthroat and so no nonsense i will literally kill my entire staff nobody matters to me which again i appreciate she's like representing the um severity and the sort of ethicalness of the american military and the american military industrial complex but in this one, it was way more nuanced and way more like she struggled. Like when um, they're straying from the path or they're turning around, she's like, don't make me do it. I'll do it. And she's like, ha- she's struggling to push the button. She doesn't and... want to. She has feelings behind it. She she feels things and she has to push through that to make these decisions. She's a much more defined character. She's more realized. She has feelings and she is not just emotionless black woman and her staff realizes that she's going too far and fucking knocks her out yes because yeah. they are aware of everything that's happening they know that this is not good that this is not great that literally they're going like if this happens not only is she going to be committing murder but she's also going to be murdering that entire area of the world right yeah because like this is all America's fault. Surprise, right? And them being conflicted about it and knowing that they are the, literally the only ones that can do something in this moment, they do it and they all act together, right? And you're seeing these people who are complicit in these crimes recognizing their complicity in the moment in real time as it's manifesting, as it's happening. They're recognizing, oh, fuck, we're the bad guys. We're yeah. doing the bad thing. And they make a choice to change it. To recognize that, like, oh, fuck, we don't have to go through with this. Like, what she's doing, she's the monster. I don't want to be that. I can't be that. Let's mm-hmm. stop this. We can stop this. We have a, we, we can choose to do it, and they make that choice. Which, like, it's just, it's so much more, it's just, it's just interesting, at least. It's so good. Because of the conflict, because of the, the, the internal, the reflection of, like, what what we would represent if we let this happen what what we represent if we if we stop it like you have the conversation very not necessarily clearly because it's not text but subtextually of something that the first movie tried to do so overtly the good versus bad like good and bad isn't really real like everything is contextual everything is based in in the context and the nuance of the people involved and the situation itself and in this moment you're seeing that happen like Yes, it's a comic book movie, so it's going to be good versus bad. But, like, they're in this moment figuring out, like, we thought we were good, but we're bad, but we can do good. And that all is contextual. That all is based in this moment and the choices of, like, the, their choices, their actions. They can change that in an instant. And it's 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 the, I don't know. It's just, like, it's no, well-written 100%. characters. It's well-written 100%. characters. <laughs> and, like, seeing Amanda this time, like, bef- like in the last one, it's like she's trying, it felt like she was just trying to, like, play politics and, like, yeah. be, like, 
she was just doing it right and in this one like you said you can see that she's conflicted a little bit like and she has like she has to keep like pushing on she's like no i am like she keeps gaslighting herself with the same thing that everybody else has been telling her her whole career right that she's she has built her career on this lie that she is protecting this country and that's why this is important everything that she is doing and everything that america is doing is protecting this country and you see that she has to believe that for herself to the point to where she feels really really unstable in this one um and then like she also like she recognizes when the group tries to say like hey starfish um this is a thing and she's like no 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 you you destroyed the evidence it's fine the u.s will consider this a positive development unrest in a developing nation is good right and so acknowledging that one as a film um and two she again has to believe this because this is what her whole career is based on and then when she is knocked out and we see her with her staff because in the last one she would just kill them that's fine right but in this one she doesn't kill them and i think that's because part of her realizes that this is what needed to happen and that she like you know so she's kind of like having to reconcile that with herself because she's not turning any of them in they're all still there doing their job so i like that as a narrative choice as well jess i really like this movie it's really fun I was surprised at how much I liked this movie. I thought, I mean, I thought it was going to be fun. I thought it was going to be exceptionally better than the first one, but it was really good. I wasn't expecting, like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was fun. I liked it, like the first one, right? I did not expect this. I expected it to be Guardians of the Galaxy-esque. I expected it to be fun. I expected it to be silly. Um... I did not expect this heavy subversion of literally every single trope and every bad thing that the first one did. I did not expect this super heavy commentary. Literally everything in this movie was intentional. Um, And I'm sure if I watched it a second time, I would pick up on even more things. It was great. It was great. I don't (laughs) have, I don't have a bad thing to say about it. I mean, we haven't even like talked about, you know, uh, Ratcatcher, who's like, you know, basically like the moral compass of the movie, right? Where her response to, uh, again, talking about subverting of tropes, someone says that she has daddy issues, and she literally looks at them and says, "I have no issues with how much I love my father." Like, don't, don't you fucking come in here and try to insult me and insult my father and our relationship fuck you you don't know me her father was you know was an addict right and we see that even though he is an addict and she loves him he he loves her and he's still trying to be there and provide for her so like not framing oh he's just a druggie and he doesn't care and all of that so having that subverted is incredible it's it's the best way to have that conversation because it's it really it's literally like oh like as most times people talk about like people who are houseless or addicts it's oh it's their fault that's a choice they're making this choice no 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 it's this perspective is person first which is perfect it is somebody with addiction she recognizes that she knows it despite her upbringing and circumstance she understood it she understood who this man was as her father and how good he was and what good he could bring to the world. He just had an addiction. He had a disease. That is the issue. It had nothing to do with him. It was a disease. 
That's it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yes, if that's the commentary, that's the perspective. What a g- and 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 then that's not even like a huge part of the movie. That's a really small subset portion where like Taika Waititi plays her dad, who plays rat, like Ratcatcher One, which is very sweet. Yeah. But even like hearing him talk, like hearing her talk about what he would describe as like why the rats. It's like they're the most overlooked. People think they're disgusting, but really they're just misunderstood. Like that mm-hmm. as an idea, as a concept is just so emblematic and it's perfect and lovely and wonderful. And I loved her. I loved and, her. And like, yeah, like it, they're the lowliest creatures. And if they have purpose, then we can all have purpose. Right. Yeah. That's another line she says. And you're like, fuck, okay. And it's so funny because she's she's portrayed as this like sleepy millennial girl. Right. Which mm-hmm. I love that she is the wisest fucking person out of all of them. Right. Yeah. And also her response to, because um, she asks, because Bloodsport finally says, like, oh, this is why I hate rats. And it turns out, like, he was tortured by his daddy with, you yeah. know, with rats, of course. Um, and uh, she's like, as imperfect, and she recognizes her dad was imperfect, right? She says, as imperfect as my father was, he loved me. I wish I could give that to you. That is the best fucking response to anything like i cannot but like she just wants to give him that fatherly love that he is obviously in need of that and genuinely when she says that she says that she wants to she wishes that she could give that or provide that to him like i can't it's so caring it's so considerate it's so human it's so like lovely and real like it's just and and even we see the same sort of thing with like king shark tries to eat her when she's sleeping um blood sport saves her and there's that whole back and forth and the first thing she does is like he's like oh i don't have any friends and she's like well i'm your friend right like do you want to be my friend like he literally just tried to kill her and she's like oh he's not trying to kill me because of anything it's just something that's going on with him and probably a deeper issue probably has nothing to do with me and i get that i get that i am not the focus i get that this action has nothing to do with me as a person i'm just here so let's talk what is going on with you because Mm -hmm. this isn't it there's something else oh you're lonely okay i think you're kind of cool let's be friends she gets it she fucking gets it and it's so sick to see she was so good. Her She's character great. was so good. Yeah. Um, everything about this movie was good. I have nothing bad. I, <laughs> I have know, kind literally of, right? nothing bad. <laughs> and as far as remakes go, where you're trying to redo the same story, is there any movie that does a better job than this one that we've covered? Um, there's a couple. Were there a couple? There's a couple that are at least like on par. On par, okay. But um, as I think they maybe didn't have absolute trash to work with <laughs> yeah whereas this one i arguably Four did years shine later, yeah did arguably shine harder because of how bad the first one was that's true this is absolutely one of the best remakes that we've watched yeah. oh my god go see it if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this podcast it is watch such it a tr- it's such a treat it's so worth a watch it's silly it's fun it has heart it's sweet it's emotional, it's intentional, it's really fucking bloody and really gory and really grotesque and very violent. So if that's not your thing, hey, maybe not. Because it's it's real, real rough. Like, oh my God, even John Cena, like, or sorry, Peacemaker, walking by that guy sleeping and just like chopping him as he walks with his oh axe. God. I was like, 
oh my god that's really intense but still fun and funny (laughs) (laughs) so you know take it as you will okay um so we did it suicide squad 2016 who was it for um fuck was it for anybody like I know it was for uneducated cis straight white men. Um, but what I really want to say is it shouldn't be for anybody. Nobody should have to consume that piece of trash. Nobody should have to watch that or have to go through that um, unpoetic anti-woman letter to their police officer. I don't know. It sucked. It's so fucking bad. Who did you think it was for? <laughs> Um, I think that it was for people that just have always wanted to objectify a modern version of Harley Quinn. Yeah. I mean, it just, that just has always, have always wanted to like fuck her and like just really like, I mean, this whole movie was like, even though she was like mostly a background piece, like she was such a central figure and a central part of the marketing for this too. It was just very gross for those very troubled um cishet white men incels incels probably yeah Yeah. um blue lives matter those people just those all of the awful people that we don't like or want to associate with um this was for them and for jared leto i feel like he he just kind of inserted himself in there yeah without a doubt um did you like it no, uh, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, it is. It's. It's quite literally atrocious and and bad in every sense of the word. Um, I really. I. It's abhorrent. I could not recommend this movie less. Um, did you like it? Absolutely not. I feel like everything about it was just unthoughtful, unnuanced, uninteresting. Um, like I don't understand how this movie got made. I also don't understand how the director was like oh well this wasn't the movie i wanted like i don't see how any of that could be savable and i don't see anything in that movie that is even taken out of context or re like you know um with more context i don't see anything that could be good i feel like it was just a fucking mess from start to finish um, the color grading was bad. The costumes were bad. The music was bad. The acting was bad. The uh, writing was bad. The um, editing was bad. The choice of shots and dialogue and uh, everything was just incredibly bad. There was no motivation. There was no... Um, I didn't give a shit about anything. An atrocious film. Yeah. It's 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 the worst. It's truly truly awful. Ugh. Yeah, no, this is not even not even a fun watch. Do no. not watch this movie. Don't watch watch it. Birds of Prey. Literally watch that instead. Like, oh my god. I mean, just watch it cuz it's a good movie. Yes. Cuz um anyways. Um the 2021 mm-hmm. The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. The Was this new, interesting or the same? progressive regressive has the story evolved with today's ideals oh a pluses across the board i think it was new and interesting in literally all the ways the other one wasn't 
I think it was incredibly progressive, both in its subversion and its commentary on American colon- uh, American imperialism and colonialism at large. Um, it's everything the other one never even wanted to be. You know what I mean? The other mm-hmm. one never considered anything like this because why would it? It's it 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 was handled poorly by people who don't know what they're doing. It's this one is it? Oh God. <laughs> yeah, I think this one. Um... I think it was new and interesting, like in all of the ways. I think it was the same in terms of those big story beats that we were talking about or, you know, or like the uh, the plot points, like get from point A to point B, big fight, big bad. Uh, Harley has a romance. Um, so like those high level things with no yeah. detail, like at all, I think was great. Um so just a really great, fun, interesting way to be like, that movie was trash. This is how we can do this better. Yes. Um, I think it was incredibly progressive compared to the first one, which, again, like there's a five-year difference in between these movies. So there's absolutely no reason the other one should be as regressive as it is. So I think that True. no matter what this movie was, it would have been progressive. like, And it would have been just significantly better because the bar was just incredibly fucking low um i think that it's evolved with today's ideals i think the other one just was old and bad i think it was written by a boomer that uh (laughs) is in love with uh that is in love with the military that is in love with just old gotta get the bad guy movies um and hates women <laughs> so hates, um, hates women in, loves cops hates women loves cops that's in the, vibe. the year 2016 this is this is what you decided was a good movie and this is yeah. what you decided uh that women should look like and be treated like and um exist in this space like this is what you decided so again like the the new one could not have it, i mean it could have done anything and been better so yeah it it's evolved with today's ideals in every way that the first one ignored. Yeah, completely. <laughs> Who was it for? It's not for everybody. I know that because of the gratuitous gore and violence. And I know a lot of people don't like that. But I do think that it was for for people who like a good story. That's who it was for. Who do you think it was for? Um, I think it was for people that actually enjoy comics. Yeah. <laughs> Because it very it very much felt like a comic book, like from the lettering to the coloring to the the way that the shots were, uh, the little vignettes between characters. Um, it felt like you were watching a trade uh, or like a volume of Suicide Squad, you know. Um, yeah, it was just very fun. It was very out there. It was if you like comics and if you um, like them for reasons other than you know um women being objectified um if that's not what you're looking for in comics this is it this is a great comic book movie so that's who i think this is for gorge uh did you like it i loved it it's really good i um actually i started watching it again today oh really Uh, yeah just because i was like you know what like it's it's been a little bit let me like refresh because i'm not watching the first one i already took copious notes i don't need to redo it this one i was like you know what this is a fun watch like maybe i'll see something new or have like an interesting take i didn't finish it i got i think like 45 minutes in but um still already like i i want to go finish it i want to rewatch it i want i like 
it's it's a good movie and it's fun. I, I actually I really liked it a lot. Yeah, I I I loved it. Even did you? I love this movie. It was so good. It was so fun. It was so silly. It had something to say, something interesting to say. Just overall, could not be happier with this movie. Um, go watch it. It's so fun. Go watch it. It's so it's so worth the watch, and. Not that I'm like super anti Pete Davidson or anything, but I will say the fact that he was in the beginning and I didn't really know about the twist. Um, the fact that like he's the first one to be like, "Hey, he sold out the other team," and then he dies immediately. I was like, "Oh, that's fun." <laughs> I don't know. Either way, that's my own uh, bias or whatever. But yes, go see it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us, everybody, and for talking about or hear us rage against the first the suicide, suicide squad machine. Woo! Thank you so much. Uh, don't forget to rate and review us. And uh, artwork is by Eric Lefebvre, editing by Danny Barkley. And thank you again for listening. And thank you, Eric. Thank you, Jess. And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye. Bye. See you later. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit the Network.com for more. You enter the dungeon and see the evil wizard pointing his wand directly at you. He says, Show me a funny and delightful actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast or I'll consume your souls! What do you do? I take out my phone and find Quest Friends Forever on Spotify. I show him how to find Quest Friends Forever on Apple Podcasts. I share the Quest Friends Forever Instagram and YouTube pages with him. And you all get critical hits! Yay! Yay! Quest Friends Forever is an actual play podcast starring four friends with varying levels of Dungeons & Dragons experience. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday as we embark on fantasy adventures, play fast and loose with the rules, and laugh at each other's shenanigans. No prior D&D knowledge is required to listen, so everyone can feel free to join the fun. Quest Friends 4, that's the number four, like how there's four of us, ever. Find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Quest Friends Forever.